Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, a Hope Fellowship podcast all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm your host, Seth Muse, and with me is Hope Fellowship's lead care pastor, Brock Yonke, and licensed professional counselor, Tara Wiedemeyer. How's hey. it going? What up, Seth? All right. Well, last episode, we... Uh, we talked about the idea of our expectations in our marriage and how to manage that and what marriage is really truly supposed to be about as uh, we develop that relationship together. And uh, this time we really want to dig into the self-care part of it. Well, self-care does sound weird because we always think of taking care of ourselves like that's very selfish mm-hmm. and we're you know neglecting other people. But self-care is really managing us and making sure that we're at our best so that we can give our best to others. It's kind of a, a very biblical concept in that God said, I'm gonna bless you so that you can be a blessing to other people. And so it's really what we're talking about. We're talking about being our healthiest self so that we can react with love and kindness and forgiveness and grace toward other people and not act in the normal jerk type of self that we can be when we're not taking care of ourselves. So that's how I would you know, say that self-care is such an important issue. Yeah, I totally agree with what Brock said. Um, and it, along the lines of being a blessing so that we can bless other people. I think even stewardship is a piece of this as well. But I've always kind of tell my clients like self-care is um, definitely not selfish because a lot of people do first see it that way. Um, And so just giving yourself permission to make yourself a priority. You're not putting yourself ahead of other people, um, but you are definitely putting yourself up there with others. And so you you recognize that you're valuable, you have worth, Mm -hmm. and that you know, you're going to run out of gas if you're not filling the tank. And so we need to have that awareness and that ability to speak up for ourselves or to maybe it's saying no to certain things or um, asking questions and, you know, just taking that permission, whatever that looks like. But definitely not selfish. It's healthy, and it helps us be, I believe, more compassionate to ourselves and to others. Yeah. And you mentioned self-awareness. Self-awareness is a... a huge part of self-care because, you know, you're the one taking care of you. So you have to know what you need. And if you're not really good at knowing what you need or being able to identify it, mm-hmm. then self-care is going to be difficult for you. And and some personality types do this easier than others. What, what are the things that can really help us identify those needs within ourselves? Like, how can we become more self-aware as we try to explore who we are? I think... There's several factors, and it's a journey. I mean, it doesn't just happen overnight. But for me and my journey, I know that there's several things I've done to make me self-aware, like going to see a therapist. uh, It really helps you kind of understand why you do what we do instead of just, hey, I I get angry, but why do I get angry? And so going back and discovering those roots of things and doing things like regeneration at Hope has been a huge deal for me to understand why I do what I do. And then just there's things you mentioned, the Enneagram. There's different personality types, and there's different things. And obviously being married helps you really see what Mm -hmm. you do and asking questions. I think healthy couples ask more questions than they do make statements. And so they're asking questions about how your spouse is doing, how am I responding to this, and just listening. Getting feedback. Getting feedback instead of always being defensive and saying, yeah, but, or whatever, just hearing and saying, hey, thank you, and then going back and sulking for a little while, then moving on with your life. I think it's so so important to make sure that you're asking a lot of questions about who you are. And, And getting older helps, too. Just I would, becoming just, more I know, reflective. Just experience. I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. So I wouldn't either. Yeah. Just some experience. I, I mean, I know that as a as at 39, you know, I have a lot more experience behind me, whereas someone who's 29 or 19, 
it's it's really hard for them to kind of know a lot about themselves because they haven't had a lot of experience with right. themselves. Yet. Less yeah. to pull from. Yeah, yeah. It's less less data. Less to, mistakes to make to learn from. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so just getting older helps. So if you're a younger married couple, I always say it's really nice to have friends that are older married couples that Absolutely. you can go to and and uh, just helps you become more aware. Well, that's Coaches. discipleship right there. You know, mm-hmm. if you're yeah. if you have people that have walked where you're walking before you and they're, you know that they love you and you respect them and that you love them and you're allow, you're giving them permission to speak into your life and then actually doing something with it. Yeah. So There's the idea nothing of more having beautiful. Like a mentor is a good idea. Is that what you're saying? Heck yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Brock I'll and I, yours. Brock and I actually go to the, to the same, the same, mentor. same guy. So we're, and, we're screwed up equally yeah, because of this guy. So, yeah. And yeah. He, he's a lot older than me. He's not quite as much older than <laughs> Brock. <laughs> but he, <laughs> Randy is a great, and, and Randy always just helps me to kind of, and whether it's life or professional, you know, whatever, he's got good insight because he's an outsider and he's been there. And I think that's something right there, you know, just the fact that y'all set that time aside to meet with somebody, to you're carving it out, but you're being intentional. Mm-hmm. And so, A, that shows that you, you know, you want to know yourself better and work on those things, which is, that takes courage. Mm-hmm. But B, like, you can't, you can't be in a vulnerable position and asking to you know, you're putting yourself in that position and not get something out of it, you know, as long as that awareness is there and that that desire to grow is there. And so I think that's a huge part of it, too, is just being intentional and go into things with your eyes open as best you can. Yes, you're going to miss things, especially, you know, like you said, like if you don't have the life experience behind you or whatever. But, you know, learning from our mistakes is vital to self-growth and awareness mm-hmm. and um you know, you look at good leaders and you look at their stories and you hear their testimony. And every single time I've heard one or I've read about one, there are way more mistakes than there are successes. Um, and they're okay with that because every single one of them, they've treated almost like a lily pad to the next thing, you know, but they've grown from them and they've learned from them and they know what works and doesn't. And I think that's just growing up. And then you look know? at marriage, you learn from your mistakes and oh, things you've done. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to go back and touch that fire again. And so marriage takes time to mature. Like mm-hmm. the idea of expecting to have a mature, mindful marriage just is really difficult right off the bat. It takes a little time to get there as well. Yeah. yeah. And ha- and having somebody that has been there has helped me not make as many mistakes to have to learn from them. Because you can go, here's what I'm thinking I might do, or here's what I'm thinking on this subject on this subject or this mm-hmm. issue or whatever. Uh, whether it's marriage or in professional your professional world, you have someone that can say to you, "No, that's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do that. You know, the, or here's a better option, or here's here's kind of what I'm hearing you say." And sometimes just hearing it back makes you go, "Oh man, I sound terrible right yeah. now." Or and, even just saying it aloud. Yeah. For, even if you know, and that's I think if you don't have someone to talk to, put it. Well, t- well, you could talk to yourself, I suppose, but like journaling is yes. a great tool to as to help build awareness because just writing stuff down can give us clarity and perspective, and especially if you go back and you read it later on and you see, you know, things that you didn't pick out before. Mm-hmm. Or you could just get alone, talk out loud, because then it's like journaling, but there's no evidence of your crazy anywhere. Or right? we could go one step <laughs> further and turn it into prayer, but you know. Hey, hey. yeah, that's a great way to over-spiritualize there. there. Sorry. Yeah. That's a great so Jesus sorry. juke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. definitely should pray about it for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, self-awareness is a big part of self-care, of knowing how to care for yourself. But um, what does self-care actually look like 
Um, is it? I mean, it could. Some people could take it like self care means it's like treat yourself. I'm just going to do what I want to do right. and, and take care of my own needs. I deserve I, this venti latte. I, des- I deserve this. I know that when I see food, I'm all my biggest issue is I'll see food and go, man, I've had a hard day. I'm going to eat this hamburger. I'm going to yeah. eat this cheeseburger. I, I deserve it. And and that's is that self care? That or is what? the opposite. <laughs> the opposite of self care. Yeah. <laughs> so define that for us. Like, what is it? What are some ways we can practice self care in a healthy way? So I've got I've kind of de- defined self care in four distinct areas: oh, physical, professor, mental, spiritual, and relational. And not taking offense at negative comments towards you, Tara. And so, so I think self care looks like a lot of times in our society we're so busy that we do we eat horribly. Speaking of hamburgers, we don't take care of ourselves physically, and so therefore we lack a lot of energy. So I think self care is making sure that we're doing something, going on a walk, exercising. I think mentally, a lot of times we get through with high school, college, and we think we're done learning. And people that aren't lifelong learners, I, f- I think, find themselves in trouble because that's a lot of reflection as we're reading books and thinking, you know, no one's lecturing us, but we're hearing the story like, oh, I need to change. And then relationally, I think if we're not in a relationship where we can be kind of really super brutally honest about what's going on inside of us, we might find ourselves really walking down a negative path. And the last one, obviously, is spiritual. But I think as we spend time with God, the Holy Spirit is our counselor, our guide, and really helps us kind of see where we need to change. And so that, to me, those four areas, I would say that is the height for me of self-care. And there's probably other categories, but those are kind of the major ones that I would I would put out there. It's great. I agree. And I'll, I will add to that. So in in therapy, a lot of times I give people a, um, a self-care wheel. And so I give them one that's filled out kind of as an example just to see what it is because a lot of people, this is a new concept. Mm-hmm. And so want to give them some just um, – feelers there, but it's broken into six categories, emotional, personal, spiritual, psychological, physical, and professional. And so, you know, there's different ways to look at that, but one, and even the people listening could draw a circle, split it into the four or the six parts, and then write everything that you're doing down um, that is adding to or fostering each of those areas to make them healthier. Um and then also writing down, what are you doing that's taking away from those or depleting you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of, okay, now what do I do with this? You know, and am I going to be responsible for what I see? And so I think a lot of that's just a really good way because if you look at something and you're working 80 hours a week, but you're not going to church except for maybe like on the major holidays and you're tired all the time, automatically that's... Spiritual's out of whack, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and and there's too much being given to the to the professional, you know, and less to the yeah. physical. And so just very common, like, I don't want to say common sense, but I mean, it kind of is. But the basics of, like, sleep and eat, eating and um, taking a multivitamin, just things that we can do for ourselves that are going to, you know, overlap and propel us forward just organically, I think, is vital. And again, that the whole purpose of that is not – to so I can be this great human being, but right. that's part of it. But the whole purpose of that, so that I can behave like Christ wants me to behave in this world and love others and put other needs first, and it's very difficult. Yeah. If your tank is low, to ever give to someone else, and so your tank has to be full, so you're kind of sloshing over right. and giving life and love or to other people. Or your tank can be low and you can give to others, but you're going to become <laughs> resentful yeah. and bitter and a negative Nancy. My so. grandfather used to have a saying he'd say all the time. It would be because that's what you do with sayings. You say them. And uh, so he, he would always say, you can't pour from an empty glass. And, and it was like, if you're going to pour out blessing on other people, that you can't pour from an empty glass. You got to work on insides and, and, and make your own yeah. uh, self healthy. I worked yeah. for a lady one time that said, 
you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. And I know that's in Texas, that's a, that's a <laughs> saying. And I was like, say what? And no one this wants to. This is supposed to, to be an uplifting caucus. <laughs> I, We're I'm not, not supposed saying, to go morbid here on but blood I wanted, and stuff. But I wanted to match his okay, saying. Right, well. But yeah, so you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. So if you're turning into a turnip, do some self-care. Also, see? if you're turning into a turnip, see a doctor. Amen. That's a yes, problem. We can provide referrals. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for this conversation. I think it's really helpful. Um, I know listeners are thinking about how they're caring for themselves and how that's going to affect their marriages and their relationships, uh, mental, emotional, physical, all the things that we we discussed. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody, to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. And you can join us next time. We're going to discuss how couples can serve one another best in their marriages. See you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.